All right, ladies and gentlemen, on this July 24th, Monday, two days before the Fed comes back out again, I feel like it's almost like Punxsutawney Phil at this point. Is he going to lower rates or is he going to keep them the same or is he going to see a shadow? Anyway, we are here today with John Ingram from Prosperity Mortgage. John, you have to hit star six on your phone to be unmutified to testify. All right. <laughs> so what, as soon as you've done that, I'm let here. Me know. Thanks for having me. There he is. All right. Well, thanks for, com- thanks for being on. I really appreciate it. It's kind of an interesting Absolutely. time, too, because the Fed comes out on Wednesday, don't they? Yeah, it seems like we can't get away from them. <laughs> it's know, it's right? all we've talked about for like, it feels like a year and a half, but uh, but yeah, another meeting and another increase coming. Uh, that's my answer. First of all, they're going up another quarter percent on uh, Wednesday. Yep. I don't understand it, but you know, you know, it's not your fault. I understand. You're not, you're not Jerome Powell. I understand. It's almost crazy that they continue to do this. And you know, inflation's yeah. come down a little bit. I don't know. Significantly from nearly down from almost 9% down to call it in the last, you know, CPI reading, you were at three. So yeah. Yeah. 3.1. But um, it's, I mean, tremendous progress in a very short period of time and certainly achieving their publicly stated goal of of getting inflation back under control. But uh, you know, with inflation, it's all about, uh, belief. It's kind of this ethereal, mystical thing where if people believe that inflation is going higher, it goes higher. Um, and if you believe it's going lower, it's going to go lower. It, it's, it's interesting. that So sentiment really matters to them, and they are intent on, on sort of breaking the back of, of inflation, getting it back down to their target of close to 2%. Right, right. At the expense of everything else, unfortunately, that's the problem. Uh, the economy is tough and good so it's weathering it and you know the, and the real yeah. estate's still cl- clicking along but a nice little perce- like you said perception a nice little perception um even you know if they didn't raise it at all or if they lowered it like a quarter of a point it would uh send the market into uh you know a little bit of a, a spur i think which would be nice even though the stock market is up today i don't know why the stock market's up but um you normally when they start hinting of that um Probably because, yeah, I think the stock market just said, hey, look, this is the way it's going to be for a while, and we're just going to keep trucking. Who cares? Well, I mean, there's, the stock market does what it does um, for many, many reasons, but certainly the, the, we're in earnings season right now where companies are announcing their first quarter results, uh, or I'm sorry, second quarter results, and uh, they've been strong. They've been really good results. Profitability has been holding in there. Um, sales projections for the, the remaining portion of the year is holding in strong. So we've had a strong market. It's, it's been up 10 days in a row, basically. Um, right. Uh, which is yeah, it's within which is 5%. Nice for those of us that have investments. <laughs> it's within 5% of uh, the high. The all-time high? Uh, five, yeah. Five or 6% is – that's just a rough estimate based on what I just looked at really quick. So, uh, you know, it, it just it, it, everything makes sense except what the Fed is doing. That's what's, and to me, I like it to be mathematically sound, but it, it really makes mm. no sense for them to continue to do that based on what's going on right now. So, anyway, well, we can bitch about it all day. Becomes, like, how right high do they need to go? How high do they need to go to get inflation toward, uh, to 2%, right? They're not at 2% right. yet, and they want the their um, – 
their influence to be restrictive enough to make sure that inflation gets to 2%. Getting to three is the game's not over for them. They're, they're still, uh, still trying to win the game, uh, even though it's, it's 3% feels so much better than nearly nine. Um, and right. we, we can see the amount of progress. I, I certainly look at it from the outsider saying, how fast does it need to go down before you guys start taking some victory laps, right? And, and saying, oh yeah, we've done enough. We can, we can wait this out. We can, we've taken rates from zero to five and a quarter percent. Um, and gosh, that's achieving our goal. They just keep stomping on the brake harder and harder um, with the idea that they want to be certain that this car stops, right? This, the, the, the inflation actually gets to where they want it to be. Hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's that's. What they think if they if they level out too fast, that it'll climb again, and they don't want that to happen. It, it, it's just a it's just a show of how the how strength how strong the economy is. And you would think Agreed. they would like that, but the job market keep it keeps looking good, and you know, so it, that's bad because that means more people are spending, and they really they're, they're trying to you know handicap the slightly just so it um, which is kind of weird. I've never, when's the last time in your history of your life that you said, oh, job market good, that's bad. Uh, spending yeah. it up, oh, that's bad. I mean, it's weird. Right. It's a weird time. Right. But anyway. Well, it, it is it, what it is. Know, so, the last time we had to face inflation, right? But uh, um, the idea that the, the labor market is so tight right now, it is so strong that that's an area that breeds inflation. And, mm-hmm. and so while they will never publicly state it, I think they do want to see that labor market come back into balance and in, if it comes back into balance you're going to see a certain amount of of layoffs in the world and and a little bit uh, certainly m- much more difficulty in obtaining jobs whereas right now it's it's so easy at this point there's two jobs available for every one worker uh who's looking for work and right. uh, so it's about matching that stuff up yeah, technically the, the the unemployment rate could be zero right now. It's uh when you get down below five, as as the saying goes, it means everybody who wants a job currently has one. Yeah, and and I, I'd say in real in real life terms, you have to match people up. Like there are jobs out there that I don't want to do, <laughs> and right. and so those jobs that are unfilled right now by the workers that we have are the ones that either they don't have the skills for or they don't want those jobs, that sort of thing. That's where that's where you need immigration and other things to kind of fill those gaps. Right. Right. So, all right. Well, and how and how? So, let's hear it. How's the mortgage world going right now? How's that trudging along? Um, volume way down, as as we can all sort of see, as far as the number of units happening in real estate right now is is significantly lower than where we were, but. Um, the the sentiment is is that those of us who who make it through this time will be the winners on the other side, right? This is this is a a moment in time you have to get through. Interest rates have have been wobbling uh, effectively in the upper sixes, low sevens, and continue to bounce around that range. We really need to get through the last of these increases from the Federal Reserve. And and then we can potentially start talking about interest rates moving down significantly. The the best experts in our industry are and, and sort of the smart money out there in the street. 
they are all pointing towards you will see lower interest rates in the future. Um, that's that that prediction, is, you know, everybody's quite confident in. I personally believe we will, um, and and I think we need to have our clients ready to take advantage of that. The thing that um, that you have to kind of just deal with is getting through this moment of time and and helping consumers or helping your clients to see the logic of this. And this is really one of my big messages for today. Um, there is a there's a certain um, gravity to the mortgages that we gave out over the last you know number of years. You know where you have um, in, in I think the numbers about 40% of all mortgages are less than 4%, and you have people who, you know, smart people who are in those homes who might like to move, who uh, might put their house up for sale that are not willing to because they can't wrap their head around uh, a logical reason to give up their 3% interest rate, their 3.5% interest rate, when interest rates right now are, are nearly 7 or even slightly above 7, depending on your scenario. Um, there's there's a, a bigger picture to look at, and this is what I think our, our agents need to be having conversations, at least start this or open this door so they, they know to look, at, look through it. It's the idea that you have to look at your, your borrowing holistically. So many Americans have more debt than simply their mortgage. And if you're just looking mm. at your finances and saying, my mortgage is 3%, I can't justify moving anywhere else, even though I really would like to, and, and, and that would make me happier in my life and so on. Well, look at the revolving debt that you have. Americans have, at this point, $1 trillion of revolving debt. That's credit card debt. They have auto loans, they have student loans, they have personal con debt consolidation loans. There's all of this debt load that are at much higher interest rates than what you have on mortgages. And so when, you, when you're looking at your financial situation right now as, as a consumer and trying to decide, is this a smart sort of financial move in my life, you could look at it this way. If you own a home right now and you've owned it for a couple of years, you're a winner because you've Typically, you, and on average, you've built up significant equity in that home, right? We've had mm -hmm. home prices um, have been going up for years. We had a small dip in the first quarter of this year, but now that has obviously, well, it has reversed direction, and we believe it's going to be heading up through the end of the year and into next year and that sort of thing. But anyways, you have all this equity. And so imagine mm -hmm. what the power of that equity can do. It's A... If you were to sell your current home, take that equity and wipe out all your other obligations, wipe out that $75,000 of credit card debt or, or higher interest rate loans, this sort of thing, and, and then still have a sizable down payment for your new house. If you blend all your borrowing costs together for what you have now, your 3.5% mortgage, your 29% credit card, right? Your actual right. interest rate of the money you're borrowing might be 9%, right? It'll be mm -hmm. something higher. And then if you look at the monthly payments that you're having to pay, it's, oh, I'm paying $1,500 towards that other debt and I have $2,000 for my house. All right, well, that's $3,500 a month there. How much will $3,500 a month get you or $3,000 a month or $2,500 a month get you on that new house? And if you look at it all that way, you may actually be moving financially. You may be moving forward financially 
if you look at it holistically and what you can do with the equity in your home to set your family and yourself on a better path. That's what people right. have to have sort of highlighted for them right now. And that's how you're going to help them to see now is the right time for me to sell this house. And yes, it's financially justified for me to give up that three and a half percent interest rate because of what it does. And then the real, right. one of the, the, the secret sort of, or, or, or hidden um, benefits of all of this is that people, and there are many scenarios about this, and we can do this analysis for anybody individually, but um, if you look at this, if you take the total of all payments, let's say, you know, you're at $5,000 a month going out in bills right now, but your new house payment's three, well, that $2,000 a month, if you pump that back into your mortgage, now you're, you're debt-free credit card-wise and other auto loan-wise, and you're on a path to pay off your mortgage in 14 years instead of another 30, for example. Um, right. That's, that's the magnifier effect uh, that you can, you can use with even at the 7% interest rates. Right. So it's a, for me, it's yeah. an interesting thing that people are, are not they, – they have trouble seeing for themselves, and they need to look at that to say, what's my true borrowing cost for all of my obligations at this point? That's a good point. That's a good point because, you know, you – and then, and then, you know, you uh, – yeah, you have the higher interest rate, but you got the new property, and it's a two-step process because you can do a streamlined refi probably within six months, definitely within a year or so. Absolutely. I mean, every, every client that we help right now, we're talking to you about that. Please be ready for your refinance opportunity, right? And right. while we can't guarantee it, we do expect that we can see that, that path coming. Um, we think that in a very short period of time, you're going to see interest rates into the upper fives, mid fives. We think that, you know, over, say, maybe the next 24 months, you're going to see interest rate into the fours. Um, and general rule of thumb says if you can improve your interest rate by 1%, it's mathematically worthwhile and will justify itself. If you can improve your interest rate more than that, wow, you can, you can, um, you can save yourself significant money. So, yeah, everybody we're putting into a mortgage today, the house is what you're buying and what's permanent. The mortgage is just the tool you use to get it, and that is changeable and replaceable should, should the world give you a good opportunity going forward. Yep, I agree. I agree, and I think, and I think um, you know, somewhere in the mid-fives will spark this market into a little mayhem as far as transactions. Oh, gosh. I mean, the, the one big thing that's not changing is, is inventory, right? We're not, we don't have enough homes for sale population dynamics are saying that we're having more buyers come into this market than are going out of the market every year. And this is such to where those who are able to own real estate are going to benefit from that going forward. And it's not going to get cheaper. It's not going to get easier for you. You have to find your way into the game so that you can benefit from it. And the sooner we get you into home ownership, the better off you are. Right. And if you do by now, you said stay prepared. I, I think what you meant by that is stay prepared for that refi, meaning don't go buy a Ferrari. Don't go buy, you know, right. all kinds of stuff on credit card. You just paid your credit cards off, hopefully. So keep it that way. Yes. Right. Stay financially fit. Don't, you know, maybe 
maybe, and this is a, a niche scenario, but all right, maybe now's not the time you, you change industries and, and start a new business, right? Don't leave your, your, your attorney job and go start a medical marijuana business, right? You, you don't need to do that right now. Do that after, um, after you've taken advantage of that change, right? That's one of the ways. But yeah, keep your credit in shape. Um, keep your you know, income strong and, and, and going forward. Just keep your financial house tidy so that you can benefit from it because no one can guarantee your ability to refinance. And most of these mortgages that we're giving out now will require you to requalify to, to be able to refinance. It's the, the government loans like FHA and VA have these reduced sort of criteria refinances where you don't have to go through right. as, as, as tight or as tough of an evaluation to make sure that you can refinance. But the conventional loans out there, you start fresh. You're going to have everything right. looked at just like you did when you bought the house. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right, good. So there we go. There's the kind of the uh, overall. Uh, you, you, you mentioned that the rates were in the high sixes and low sevens, kind of re revolving around through there. Yeah, it's I wobbling. Think you said something there, about, yeah. yeah, and I think you mentioned we could see something in the high fives within the next – 12 months and maybe even the fours in the next 24, which I think, I think is a, is a safe bet, especially we've got an election coming too. So, you know, that could have a big part of it. That could be a big part of that as well. Yeah, very possibly. There, there are, there are pa historical patterns that for some reason, nobody can tell you in advance what's going to cause it to get there, but some circumstance causes it. And you end up with this pattern that reveals itself where interest rates improve, improve around election time. Uh, the skeptical among us would say, yes, politicians like for that to happen, helps them to get elected. <laughs> well, for the longest time, that's what I thought that they were doing is raise the rate, raise the rate, kill inflation, and then slash the rate, spark a major uh, real estate boom. But I, I don't know. The way they're going, it doesn't seem like that's their plan. It just seems like their only plan is to crush inflation at any expense, <laughs> which is kind of crazy yeah. because then if you have, well, but, you know, mean, if you create a recession, then it's a problem. Yeah, right. But we'll deal with that problem once it's here. We we know that, and I I, I can personally say the the inflation that we've seen in in the goods and services that that I have to buy, I felt it, and it stinks. Inflation sucks yeah, for exactly. everybody, excuse my language. You know what okay. I mean? Yeah, that hurts, that hurts everybody um, and, and is, is really hardest on the low-income segment of the country and, and, uh, and those who are already, you know, on the edge, so to speak. Um, so getting that under control, I'm all in favor of. I, I don't want to necessarily drive, drive the economy to a point where we have, you know, layoffs and people have, have, have tough times, but... Um, yeah, dealing with inflation is a, is a very valid goal in my mind. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I go to Costco every other week, and my, my line is what used to cost me 275 for two weeks, all the stuff I buy in bulk is now $400. Uh, it, yeah. And it took a little while. It, it might even be – but it's gotten a little better. It's like 375 now. It got as high as like four four twenty five and. But still, it's still 30 to 40% higher. And when inflation starts, it's like almost everybody jumps in and takes advantage of it. Right? They, that's what happens. You know, they shrink well, the size and, they, and increase the price. And everybody, and so that's where they're coming up with these numbers of, 
inflation being so high. Yeah, and, and you know, that's certainly something that I think is at work here, but hopefully we'll see break, but corporations have been able to, A, pass through the increased cost of making goods, um, but they've also passed through additional profit for themselves. And, right. um, and at some level, that you would hope would break, and they may have to say, all right, well, we, we, we took those additional profits for the, the time that we could, but we don't want to lose market share, so let's, let's drop price back a little bit. Let's give, give up some of that profit so that we can sell more widget, you know, more cans of Coca-Cola or whatever it might be. Um, ver- instead of having our consumers substitute to other things. And that's, uh, the, that's something we haven't seen in a significant way, at least from the, the major sort of core companies that are out there. They're not talking about substitution effects yet, where people trade down to, let's say, from the name brand to the generic. We're, we're not seeing that in, in the ways or at the levels you have seen in the past when – the economy is really under um, uh, effective pressure where it's shrinking, where, mm. where consumers are really stressed out. That substitution hasn't really come through yet um, in a significant way. Right. No, I agree. I agree. <clears throat> okay, cool. So anything else um, from the financial, uh, especially from the mortgage bar, anything else you can see that these guys should probably know? Um. That's a, that's a broad question. Let's think. Um, as far as as far as programs and such out there, I would say that there is a, always a continual push towards down payment assistance products, that sort of thing. Um, Prosperity, mm-hmm. uh, our company did launch out a new uh, down payment assistance program that does not have any income limits, doesn't re- require you to be a first time home buyer. Um, and so it casts a very broad net. There's no location limits. Doesn't require you to have a certain like uh, uh, employment background. So it's not exclusive to certain industries or anything like that. That's that's a, a nice tool to use for those people that that might need a little help on the cash side. Um, the the core products are are fairly steady, but getting tinkered with at all times. Like the rule makers have have made the underwriting systems a little tighter, uh, it seems, when it comes to the the qualifications and how the automated underwriting systems say yes or no. Uh, the niche products, um, the alternative products that are in the marketplace are, are pretty stable at the moment, um, where in times of stress, mm-hmm. the products that disappear. So you're talking about, the, you know, the bank statement loans, the um, um, asset-based incomes, the DSCRs or investor cash flow loans, those sort of things. Those are fairly stable in the marketplace um, at this time, so you can get those with multiple um, options uh, for that, mm-hmm. that sort of segment, and it's holding steady there. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of What about investor at. loans? How are, what about the investor loans right now? Um, they're a popular product. I mean, the DSCR stuff is a really interesting niche. DSCR is debt service coverage ratio, which basically all it's talking about is the rent of the property is sufficient to cover the monthly cost of the property. And so in, in those type of products, rather than looking at your traditional tax returns and pay stubs and things like that, you're purely focused on um, – 
the does the property pay for itself or better, right? And if it does, right. then your traditional debt ratio is not analyzed. Um, there's a ton more flexibility on the money side of things as far as where the dollars are coming from. Um, you can own it in it. You can a lot of times you can own the property inside an LLC if you wanted to. Different flexibilities come into place, but that's a really smart niche. One, uh, and one of the more powerful aspects is it's a great product for those people that you know own 20 properties and have five different businesses, and and it's a really time-consuming, complicated process to get them through the traditional underwriting alone. That DSC DSBR mm-hmm. product is is you know i'm just give you is simple in a comparative way uh to qualify for and get get um, get a consumer into that loan um one of the key key things i love to highlight for people is the fact that when you get those dscr loans they are a business purpose loan they're not a residential mortgage like what we're used to and as as part of it they are exempt from the normal sort of good mortgage rules where we prove that you can afford all of your bills plus the new mortgage, things like this. It doesn't follow those rules and it would normally not be acceptable, but because it's only for a business and you sign a certification when getting that loan that says, I promise to never live in this property. It's, it's only for, um, for rental use. So long as this mortgage is on the property, um, that's, that's, and a really interesting sort of take on how the industry has gotten around it. Like, and, and I kind of wanted mm-hmm. there, but ultimately um, this mortgage gets to break all the rules that normal, normal mortgages do because you're saying you'll never live in the house. Um, right. And that's, that's sometimes What's the down payment a, a, for that limitation. It, it could be as little as 20%. I would say in the Vegas market, it's more commonly 25 or 30 and, and what's, what the function is, is how much down payment you do you need to do to get the rent to cover the house payment. That's, that's the biggest right. driver, but generally minimum is going to be 20%. If you've got something that has super, pop, or, or, or has super strong rents and will cover the, the cost of the mortgage uh, at 20% down, wonderful. But what I see is when you get into the math, it's usually closer to 25 or 30% to make, the, to make that work out. Gotcha. Yeah, that sounds like a good loan. Yeah. And what's the interest rate on that, baby? Mm, I'd I tell you mid-eight. Okay. So, yeah, it's definitely a little bit more than residential, which is uh, perfectly right. fine, no given, that, given right? the situation. Yeah. For sure. There's a, there's a, there's a cost of it, right? But oh, yeah. um, if, if everything else is no, and I'm just going to give you an example, that in the conventional world, once you reach – 10 properties that are financed, you're kind of capped out. Conventional doesn't let you do it. Um, FHA, no, this sort of thing, right? Whereas with these DSER loans, you could have 50 properties that are all financed and still get that loan and get your next one and your next one and get your next one. So it's a a great tool for those with a portfolio. It's not going to be the first product you go to, but when you get to a really sophisticated scenario, this this would be one like if I imagine trying to give a loan to Bill Gates, for example, <laughs> let's say he wasn't going to take cash, you know, his finances are super compl- complicated and he's going to have to pay his people 
in order to get me the documents they want. Like he's going to pay attorneys to provide documents, his CPAs to provide documents, all that kind of stuff. All that's avoided in that in that product, and is right. is is worth it at some level to some borrowers. Gotcha. Perfect. All right, John. Well, listen, hey, we're ready yeah. time now. So I really appreciate you taking your time out this morning to uh, get us uh, educated up on the finance and uh, the mortgage industry right now. As always, Super. get your people pre-qualified through John or anybody at, at Prosperity Mortgage. And uh, anything else you want to say, John? No, I appreciate being invited today. So everybody, expect interest rates or the, the Fed to raise interest rates today or, sorry, Wednesday. Uh, it's not going to move mortgage rates uh, in any significant way. Um, we've already anticipated this. We know it's going to happen. Right now, the, the, the odds are they're going to raise again in September, and then maybe at that point be done. That's kind of what they've signaled to the marketplace. Um, but they're, they're looking at the data every month, and the data is showing uh, better and better things for us to where they can take their foot off our neck eventually here. So that's kind of where you're at in the short term. Um, and... Yeah, so it's pretty stable. Awesome. Awesome, my man. Well, thank you very much for your time. Really appreciate it. You keep it rocking. Everybody else will do this again in a week. Thank you very much, John. Appreciate it. All right. Take care, everybody. You got it. Thank you.